You're listening to the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly show for all that's cooking in the digital procurement space. Yes, we've got the hottest startups, thought leadership and conversation from visionary industry experts and definitely no stiff corporate content. I'm your host, James Meads, procurement pro, digital nomad and ProcureTech fanboy. And now here's this week's show. Yes, greetings and welcome to another episode of the ProcureTech Podcast, where every week we bring you everything that is exciting and innovative and fun in the digital procurement space. It is a rapidly evolving ecosystem, and we want to make sure that you're up to speed with all of the developments that are happening. This week, we're going to be diving into a pretty mature topic when it comes to talking about procurement technology, but one that is evolving pretty rapidly, and a lot of changes are afoot in the marketplace, not least being this company that I'm interviewing today was actually acquired recently uh, by a bigger player in the space. So we can dive into that a little bit as well uh, and get my guest's thoughts on where the industry is headed. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome my guest on this week's show, who is Arvid Fredin, CEO of Spendency. Arvid, hello. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. And I should add, I am the former CEO of Spendency. Nowadays, I am the managing director for Onventis for the UK and the Nordics. Yes, and that's a good place to start, actually. So Spendency was acquired by Onventis, who are a German source to pay procurement tech company in November, right? Correct. Okay. So very recently. So that's a really nice place to start because this is part of a wider trend that I'm seeing in that best of breed procurement tech driven in large in large part by what customers are requesting are kind of expanding from their initial offering especially if they're fairly young startups into offering additional features and additional add-ons you know, is that a trend that you see as well? And do you think that will develop further, this sort of halfway house between a pure best of breed solution for one specific thing versus on the other side of the scale, you know, the big behemoth enterprise level suites that have been around for a long time? Yes, I do see uh, a lot of that's going on, that that uh, a lot of companies are broadening their offerings. And obviously, that's one way of getting more use out of their sales force. So I, I think it's a lot, a lot of it is driven from a business perspective, um, not primarily that the, the, the companies may think that they've got superior knowledge about this next module or this next add-on, but rather that it makes a lot of sense from a business perspective. In, indeed. And from a business perspective, then in terms of so in terms of sales and in terms of broadening this perspective of of what they're offering, is that then a market that they would be going to then to try and poach customers away from the suites? Or is it more going after native you know, new customers that are at the start of their digitalization journey, but that can offer them a much m- more well-rounded product than just a pure play best of breed solution. So I think in general, my, my sense is the market is still growing and there's a lot of sort of green fields still out there to get. So 
my guess would be that that's where it's a lot easier to to win a customer that don't already have a, a, a solution in place. First of all, there's uh, the, the benchmark, obviously, that there isn't really a benchmark. And secondly, there's no switching cost that they need to, to consider. So I think it's easier to get um, new customer versus win over someone that already has a customer. I think once we see that the, the market is maturing in a sense that there's less few new opportunities out there i think that's when we're going to see you know an acceleration also in consolidation within the players because right now there's a lot of greenfield opportunities out there and i think for spendency for example the majority of our uh, customers of a quite big majority of them are such that they haven't had like a spend analytics dedicated solution in They've either worked in Excel or they've had sort of something they built in Power BI, Tableau, or, or uh, Click, but they're not completely satisfied. So that's sort of our typical customer. But I, I sense that the, it, it looks fairly similar in the whole industry, really. There are a couple of points that you touched on there, actually, that I'd like to dig into a little bit deeper. The first one is around building something out of out of Tableau or, or out of Power BI, because Spendency is actually natively coded and natively built isn't it and i guess if you see a demo of it you may not be able to see sort of under the hood to be able to tell so maybe just walk me through where do you see that as giving an advantage in relation to to something that's built on 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 third-party technology so well first of all from from a pure business perspective from a price point perspective we don't have to pay any you know extortionate fees to anyone to to use their solution in 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 that sense so that's a win we've invested time and energy to to build our own thing and now we can use it so the marginal cost is pretty much zero when 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 we uh, start a new customer for example and use use our database technology but the the thing that where it really stands out i think from a performance perspective is if you take a general database and then you fill it with lots of data and then you start doing queries to that um, the queries is going to be a lot slower than if you build a database specifically for a certain time of query. And because we know procurement and procurement data, we've built the databases and used the technology that enable us to build the fastest possible queries and the fastest possible actually extraction of, of information from our database. So we have built, as you're saying, we, we built our own uh, in-memory database technology. And the people who has built that for us and with us, uh, our, our uh, tech guys, they have a background in bigging, uh, of building big and fast databases. For example, they worked in the finance industry in London and done some high frequency trading databases and so on. And that makes the, that, that makes the databases exceptionally fast. And the big use case for that, I think, is uh, there's one thing watching a demo where someone shows you a spend analytics tool and you ha- they have a few thousand transactions. Everything looks neat and tidy and okay. But then when you start loading it with hundreds and uh, thousands or tens of millions of transactions, and then you want to you know, slice and dice your data, the difference between getting it in you know, a few milliseconds that we can provide it versus like one or two seconds that you would almost uh, otherwise get it's the difference between someone being very happy and someone almost giving up and want to abandon the tool. So it, it gives, it's a huge difference in user experience, basically. Uh, and then also from a cost perspective. Yeah, cost is an important one because 
there's a huge range in terms of what what people could pay for a spend analytics solution. So Spendency doesn't at the moment leverage AI, does it, as part of the solution. And a lot of the sort of more top-end or maybe expensive tools out there does or do do that. So realistically, how much of the heavy lifting would AI be able to do in terms of spend classification? Because, I mean, I've had this question with previous guests as well, and I also, I've asked them the same thing when it comes to spend analysis or spend analytics, that even with the most cutting edge AI, you're still going to need a human to interpret some of the results in certain cases because of of the nature of, of what you're analyzing. So, you know, is is there a is there a case to say, okay, well, maybe you should just abandon it altogether, and maybe just hire a team of data analysts in a lower cost country that can do the heavy lifting, rather than a category manager having to do it. So, I would say no. I I think, and you're correct that currently, if you were to buy Spendency today, you wouldn't get uh, any AI built in. At least, I mean. The definition of AI uh, varies a lot. We've seen some players that claim that they have AI and then when you actually lift the hood and, and look what's there, <laughs> it's basically just like a, a big, you know, lookup table. So they're saying if it's this supplier, then automatically do this and it's static and it's the same. So it's sort of a pre-done categorization. For us, that wouldn't be AI. But I, I think AI will play a huge part going forward. Um, and there's sort of two parts to AI, right? There's one where it's built mainly for efficiency. So basically, it eliminates work that's tedious and boring and time-consuming and creates little value. And I think AI, uh, as I know it now, is excellent for that. And I think it's going to have a, a big impact on that. But then there's the other AI, the AI that we all like to sort of fantasize about and think about, which where the AI engine starts, you know, taking in picking up on smart signals and making super smart recommendations. But to me, AI is something that is, it's very good at deep knowledge, but not very good at wide knowledge, if that makes sense. So you could get it to do something as a very well-defined task really well, but you can't get it to sort of work quite well and a very wide, widely defined task. So I think for, for those sort of repetitive things, like for example, we are currently building our AI solution uh, for uh, categorization. And we think that we will probably be able to release it, you know, sort of, uh, it should be released, I should say, let the more specific, in Q1 uh, 2022. So we're quite near a release. And um, the, the, the thing here is that we can see that we, we can have a pretty significant impact on, you know, how many suppliers and uh, how, how much of the spend we can uh, categorize but uh, as to your question like um do you want to do that or should you have someone else you know uh, analyst in in a low-cost country doing it i like the idea of having ai work together with a category manager because the category manager needs to understand and needs to trust and rely on the data that that uh, he or she acts on and I think that's one of the things when we built Spendency from the get-go. Uh, I mean, it may not be obvious, but Spendency is, is a play on the words uh, spend and transparency. But we believe that you should have full transparency as an owner or as a category manager uh, or, or analyst, that you should 
understand your and see the details of, of your spend. So for spendency, it's always been very important that you can change the categorization. You you can even as an analyst, if in the analyze part, you can go up and you can click on something and you can actually get the categorization rule in front of you to know why a certain transaction or a supplier or whatever is categorized a certain way. So it becomes very easy then to adjust it. So I don't believe in completely removing the responsibility of the data quality from the category manager, either to an AI or to uh, an external group of analysts. I think that the category manager needs to be responsible for the quality of the data. So, yeah, and I think that's the the most cost-efficient solution is going to be a good AI with high transparency and uh, a category manager working together. But I don't think that the AI should completely take over, just categorize anything, and then the category manager can't see or understand why something is categorized a certain way. To me, that, that's that's not going to be a productive, uh, productive uh, way of doing it. Uh, I think uh, the first sort of 80 to 90% quality is quite easy to, to, to get. But then if you're going to move on from there, you really need to work with continuous improvements and it's only going to come out if the category manager actually investigates and then adjusts, you know, categorization rules or data quality in certain aspects or whatever to get get the the spend uh, and analytics more correct. So just a quick interlude because there are a couple of things that I really want to make you aware of because I think they will be valuable for you. So number one, we now have a monthly newsletter where we bring you curated content of everything that's happening in the digital procurement space. If you want to get that, just head to procuretechpodcast.com forward slash newsletter, enter your name and email, and we'll get that delivered straight to your inbox. Number two, if you're a head of procurement or a center of excellence leader, and you're perhaps a little bit confused or overwhelmed with what's out there as best of breed digital procurement technology, especially if you're a mid-sized business, schedule a call with me. There's a link at the bottom of the show notes in this episode. Just hit that schedule a call link and we can have a quick chat to understand your challenges and what potential solutions out there may be suitable for your organization. And now let's get right back to this week's show. That's an important point, actually, to be able to see the logic that the the AI has used to be able to categorize something and then if necessary, to be able to put that right, if the logic is fundamentally wrong. Yeah, I think that I, th- I think you raise a really relevant point there. I- is there a difference between what a consultancy or what a center of excellence would use a spend analytics tool for, or, or, or maybe their decision criteria around what solution they would go out and purchase versus what a category manager may want to use on a more uh, on a more granular level day to day in terms of understanding what they're buying perhaps at purchase order line item details so so yes i do think there is um a difference so the history of spendency is that um spendency was started as a subsidiary to a nordic uh, procurement consultancy called efso or effective sourcing and um it was started because we realized that a lot of customers were in need for a, a spend analytics solutions that was user-friendly, yet you know cost-effective. And we didn't find that in the market, so we decided to build one. At the time that we started this, I was head of the management consultancy. So I was almost the one that had the need. And when we started it, we 
quite quickly faced the issue of, should we build this for my organization, for the management consultancy organization, or should we build it for the end users? So we opted for the latter uh, because we really wanted to create long-lasting value for our customers. And what I can say is a consultancy, what they want to do is they want to take, you know, they, they want to go into a new client. They want to take all the financial data or whatever data you want to analyze. They want to do a first sort of uh, analysis of it. And after the first analysis that might be, you know, 80, 90% correct, they want to be able to see some, you know, uh, analyze where you, where they can find the huge uh, improvement opportunities. And then their work pretty much stops there. So setting up the structure quickly and easy and finding uh, improvement potential would be the big thing for uh, procurement consultancy. But that's really when the work for, for the category manager starts because most category, category managers, they work in their position many years. So for them doing the initial categorization is not the big thing. It's more like maintaining, developing, you know, uh, and, and making sure that they have the right structures, making sure that they have flexibility. So if they want to change the, you know, the, the taxonomy of, uh, for one reason or another, that they can do all that and have the flexibility in the solution and maintaining it at the low cost. So, And I think the solutions that you built to become super good uh, for a consultancy tends to be less good for a line management organization going forward. I think if you buy one that, uh, or if you build a solution that is optimized for a line management organization, you will probably have, you'll be less strong perhaps in, you know, identity, uh, uh, identifying uh, opportunities and some other areas. But I think in the whole, it's going to be more optimized, obviously, for for uh, or purpose fit for a, a procurement organization. So I think there are, there are different things that you would value just based on the business model where the category, the, the procurement consultants go in, do the quick analysis, get something quite up and then move on to the next customer, whereas the procurement organization continuously develop and 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 uh, and improves the spend. So I think there are two kind of different solutions. That's a great answer, actually. And it, it really goes back to the whole point of start with the end in mind when you're going out to the market and looking at what technology solutions are out there. Because if you if you fundamentally don't really know what you want and then you're at the mercy of, of sales pitches from tech companies, then understandably, they're going to tell you that they're all things to all people. Whereas the reality is, as you quite rightly alluded to, there are there are differences in terms of the solutions, whether they're more set up for giving a, a more holistic view of what cost savings opportunities or, or or risk opportunities are out there versus the more granular line item detail that a day-to-day category manager that a category manager would manager would use on on more of a day-to-day basis yeah. to analyze and monitor what they're spending and, and with whom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and let me just add to that. We we previously in the conversation we talked about, you know, how much, how many percentage or how much are you actually selling to completely new customers versus existing customers. And I can see there is an over a representation of our when we poke someone from an existing customer where, that they have gone with um, a solution that that's been provided by a procurement consultancy. There is their in-house solution. We we have uh, 
yeah, we, we, we have a, quite a lot of customers that had the consultancy do the spend analysis, run with the spend analytics system for a year or two, and then they, they've realized the, the limitations to it and then uh, approached us and then become a customer of us. So, so that's actually quite a common, <laughs> common kind of customer for us as well. I mean, you've sold this to a, a pretty wide range of different businesses. Do you, do you find that perhaps a market in a, a, a business in the mid market segment is able to take this and and run with it on their on their own, or or have you found that you know particularly in the past before you were required, we were you finding that you were also selling consultancy from your sister company on top of the offering because they needed a team of experts to go in and interpret the well, A, interpret the results, but then B, give, give the extra resource and expertise to be able to implement that in terms of delivering the benefit. So, no, there, I would say that there's not a need to have a, a consultancy involved when you implement a spend system. Um, you do need to dedicate some resources internally. And we we actually advise customers to have an internal project manager because going back to what I said about relying the rely you know relying uh, on the, the result and and knowing your data that it's quite important that someone internally actually gets gets to know the system intimately uh, as soon as possible. So there's no need, but there are situations obviously because of of the former sister company where they did the procurement. Um, uh, diagnostic, for example, and they used spendency as a part of that. And then they introduced the customer. So the customer got to work in, in spendency while they were doing the, the diagnostic together. And then at the end, when the diagnostic is, is over, the customer would opt to remain a customer in spendency. And we see low churn with those customers. And it could be partly because... Um, because of how we have built the system, but also partly maybe because of how our sister company has worked with them and implemented the system. They've actually done it in a way that they were going to keep it long term. But most of our customers don't have um, an external consultant present uh, to, to run the implementation, but it's done mostly by themselves. And then we offer a little bit of training. Got it. Okay. And, and do you think larger businesses or are you seeing larger businesses opt for a solution such as Spendency or, or are they still very much Im- embedded with the sort of higher end solutions that, 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 that are very prominent on the marketplace? So I we definitely see uh, um, a trend. We have uh, in the last two years, I think we have attracted more uh, large businesses than we did in, in all the years we've been in business uh, before that. But I'm not sure if that's a trend in the market or it could just be to, due to the fact that because of how spendings has been built up, we haven't uh, taken in any external capital. We've sort of bootstrapped our way forward. We've always reinvested everything in the product. So our pro- product has become increasingly uh, sophisticated. So the product that we had five years ago wasn't suitable to have a, a big you know, international telecommunications company, to take one example, where the product we have now very much is capable and well suited to, to manage that as well. So I, I, it could be that I'm just seeing that we are attracting or uh, being um, approached by more 
customers and ultimately being chosen by more bigger customers because our product is more capable. So I don't know if it's due to that or that there's actually any trends in the market. Yeah, so it's difficult to segment whether it's just through natural evolution and you, and you having a more mature exactly. product or if it's just the market changing. Yeah, it's a very good exactly. point. Yeah. So exactly. final question, Arvid, um, what do you think uh, holds the future for now with you with you being part of Onventis? What, what do you see as a future state both for yourselves without giving away anything secret and, and the industry in general in terms of trends? Oh, very big question. So for myself, first of all, um, I would like to, I, I'm convinced that I'm going to continue working with Onventis. Uh, really enjoy the company, really enjoy uh, the, the, the culture that they have. Uh, and it's very good match with the culture, company culture or corporate culture that we had with Spendency. Uh, when it comes to uh, the industry as whole, I, I think there's a couple of things. I think that the, the, the best of breed solutions will continue to coexist with with the, uh, with the suites. I don't think it will be an one optimal way of doing business that either everyone ends up in a best of breed or everyone ends up uh, with a suite. I think it will be both. I think there will be more acquisitions going forward. As I said, I think once... Um, the, the greenfield opportunities will be scarcer and scarcer. I think there will be more um, acquisitions in, in the industry. And then if, if I were to guess, I, I think that spend, analy- spend analytics solutions would also be prime for uh, being acquired. And, and the reason why I'm saying this is that when we've spoken, we, we've had so many conversations with a lot of suite providers and, and all the suite providers they have spend analytics as part of their offerings. And they, they have nice slides showing that and, and so on. But when you actually speak to them, sort of line, they kind of tell like, yeah, we've got it, but, you know, it's we're not, not really proud of it. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and we've come to realize the reason for this is because it's such a completely different animal than, than all the other parts of a, of a suite because of the database technology and, and, and the architecture that you have to build in, it's some, it puts a completely different sort of need for knowledge than all the other products. So it's really hard building that in-house. And I think a lot of the suites, they have grown by building more products in-house. I think a lot of, of suite providers will realize that they actually need, they, they will need to acquire the knowledge from external parties to have a competitive analytics uh, solution. And I think especially going forward, because more and more is about data. Um, five years ago, we were only talking about spend analytics in the, in the, in the way that we took invoices and analyzed. Now we want to analyze invoices. We want to analyze purchase orders. We want to analyze contracts. We want to add up CRR, CSR ratings. We want to know which suppliers are ISO certified. We want to know which suppliers did we actually have a category um, management wave initiative in last year. We want to have like tag the, 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 all our data in so many dimensions. And soon the question is going to be, well, how long does it actually take to, to uh, process and purchase order? How many touch points do we typically have? How many searches do someone do before they find the product? Like all these questions that are data-related questions are going to pop up because based on these facts, based on this information, that's what you can drive continuous improvement. So I think that a lot of the suite providers will actually go out and start looking for for uh, analytic solutions to to acquire the knowledge and build it in more widely in their products. And I think that's something that is needed overall as well. 
That's fascinating, actually. Uh, spend analytics being part of a broader, I guess, vendor lifecycle management process and, and how yeah. interconnected they are, yeah, particularly around some of the the areas that you touched on. That's, yeah, that's that's really interesting. So final question, Arvid, just before we sign off, if anyone would like to find out a little bit more about Onventis or indeed Spendency as part of the platform, uh, where is the best place that they can contact you to learn more? Yeah, so um, they can always send an email to contact at spendency.com. That's probably the, the easiest uh, way of getting a hold of me. I'm also available on LinkedIn. And then obviously the website is either spendency.com or onventis.com uh, and reach out through them. There's contact information there. Fantastic. Thank you very much for joining me today. Very, very interesting to learn your thoughts on the future and the way things are going as well. I think I could probably talk to you for hours over a couple of beers on that type of conversation. (laughs) I'd be happy to take you up on that offer. (laughs) So speak soon. All the best. Take care. And uh, yeah, thank you for being a, a great guest. Thanks for having me. Bye. So, yeah, that was a bit of a deep dive into where spend analytics and the market in general is going in the ProcureTech landscape. Fascinating to get Arvid's thoughts, especially as a as a former consultant as well. Uh, just a quick one before we sign off. If you want to get the latest updates and what are goings on in the procurement tech landscape, don't forget to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Just head to the bottom of these show notes in whichever podcast directory you're listening to click on the link and sign up and we will bring you that every single month thank you again for listening to the show look after yourselves and until next week bye for now